So uh, one of the people on earth that I most look up to besides my wife is, um, is Fred Rogers, <laughs> Mr. Rogers, as you may know him. Okay, so you're with me. Um, his humility, his hospitality, his compassion, his curiosity, obviously his fashion sense, have shaped me deeply, I hope. There's so much to say about Mr. Rogers. Um, he was a Presbyterian minister who went to seminary to learn how to be on TV. Not to be like a t- TV preacher, <laughs> thankfully, although PBS does pledge drives, that, but it's not quite the same thing. Uh, but it's someone who could use the medium for good. Uh, for others, to convey worth and dignity, the wonder of life, to lift up the goodness of life, the love of God for all our neighbors. Uh, And this year is the 50th anniversary of the show, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, that began in 1968. Uh, I still watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood with my kiddos. Um, Let's just say I don't hang out in the room when they're watching Paw Patrol, but for Mr. Rogers, I will sit down with them. I'm just hoping that some of Mr. Rogers will rub off on me because there's a deep wisdom to Mr. Rogers. He knows how to be his honest self. He knows how to help others be themselves as well. And you can glimpse a bit of that spirit in him. And you can also see when you watch the show where that spirit begins, I think. And for Mr. Rogers, it always begins with listening. With listening. So someone comes over to his house, and Mr. Rogers, he's already got his cardigan on, so he's ready to go. Someone comes over, and Mr. Rogers listens. And he's just interested in them. He's interested in their day, in their job. He's interested in them, whether it be a delivery person or a school kid. Mr. Rogers is interested and curious and attentive, and he listens, and he learns, and he hears. And sometimes he hears things that he can help them with, but most of the time, the way that he helps is simply by hearing, by letting his neighbors be heard and loving them through listening. And he helps us as we watch, even when we're an adult watching it with our kids, helps us listen and learn the world as well. Mr. Rogers' wisdom is not that he knows what to say. It's that he knows how to hear what others are saying, isn't it? And the magic always begins, first with a cardigan, of course, and then with his simple choice to listen. And I love looking at this picture because I just like to think that Mr. Rogers is listening to me right now, (laughs) cheering me on. It's this choice that he makes. Listen, I say it's a choice because it's an intention to listen to someone else, isn't it? To quiet our inner monologue, to open ourselves to someone else, and to listen. And Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, made this choice intentionally over and over. And so in his autobiography, he says this. He says, more and more, I've come to understand that listening It's one of the most important things that we can do for one another. Whether it be an adult or a child, our engagement in listening to who that person is can often be our greatest gift. And then he goes on and he says, the purpose of life is to listen to yourself, your neighbor, to your world, and to God. When the time comes to respond in as helpful a way as you can find from within and without listening, listening. Just like our love for God begins with this choice to open ourselves and listen, our love for others begins with the choice to listen. Listening affirms and supports others 
But it also shapes us in the listening as well. It teaches us and challenges us and humbles us and helps us. In so many ways, wisdom begins with listening. So uh, there's this verse from Proverbs, which is this anthology of ancient wisdom in the Bible. And it says in 1920, listen to advice and accept instruction from whatever neighbor you can, that you may gain wisdom in the future. And so I think that's part of why Mr. Rogers was so wise, was because he listened. And so this summer, we are looking at the idea of wisdom, about walking the path toward it, toward living well, toward loving well, toward sowing seeds of righteousness and justice and equity with our lives in the world, wisdom. So in Hebrew, the word for wisdom is the word chokmah, chokmah, which means a skill or a craft. Just like a skilled artisan understands the raw materials that they're working with, knows how to work with them, and has the vision to work with them to create something beautiful, wisdom is about gaining the skills for living the good and beautiful life, the skills and craft to understand the raw material of life, to know how to work with it, and to have the vision to create something beautiful as we go. And listening, I think, is the best skill for us to start with. Because it's the skill that unlocks all the others. It's like that bag of holding in video games that you get first so that you can fill up your bag with a bunch of other things along the way. You know, you can fill up your bag with a lot more as you listen, learn to listen to wisdom along the journey. But listening is hard, isn't it? Uh, it seems like such an easy skill. Just, you know, just listen to someone. But then you try it. <laughs> and it usually starts off well, but then it's like my brain is a toddler that just sort of wanders off to go finger paint somewhere. Or maybe instead, instead of listening, I've just been mentally preparing myself to respond to the person I'm talking to or to top their story with my own story, which is absolutely the worst, right? <laughs> but listening, really listening to someone, making space in my world for someone else is hard. It does not come naturally. And I think that's why it stands out as so beautiful in the midst of our world. Listening, real listening, is the beginning of real communication. And in this life, in this day, we need to be pursuing real communication with each other, especially those that it's hard for us to hear. But we're a lot better at speaking, aren't we? People always say, you know, you've got two ears and one mouth, so speak twice as, as much as, or listen. Ah, see, see, it's hard. I'm a pastor. I talk a lot. Um, to listen twice as much as you speak, right? You may have heard that before. But, like, ears are on the side. Your mouth is right in the middle. It's like aiming at other people like a big fire hose that we just spray everywhere. And that's how we use it, isn't it? So next week we're going to talk about speaking. Don't worry. But I wanted to start our, our journey here with listening. Because when I look at Scripture, when I look at the verses that we find from the witness of our faith story, over and over, the verses talk about listening first. So none more clear than in Proverbs 18, 13. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. (laughs) I've made that mistake before, all, all the time. But the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. When we listen, we speak better, we answer better, but most importantly, we understand better, we live better, we love better, and we grow along that path of wisdom as we seek with our hearts and we seek with our ears to know and understand each other. 
So there are a lot of these ideas in Scripture. And there's this guy named James who writes uh, after the Hebrew Bible is written in the New Testament. He wrote this wisdom book that was informed by all of the wisdom tradition, but also by his experience by encountering Jesus, the life and the love of Jesus. And he summed up all the wisdom teaching, I think, in this. In James 1.19, you heard it earlier. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Pay attention. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Everyone, all of us, because all of us are called to listen, but all of us are worthy of being heard as well. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Quick to listen and slow to speak. James is saying, and this is important, as we go in our world, our posture that we take toward each other should not be as speakers first, but as listeners. And he says, do it quickly before your mouth jumps in and takes over everything. Take over the posture. Take on the posture of one who's seeking to understand others, where they're coming from. Understanding requires conversation, not declaration. Searching, not sermons. Questions, not answers. Our first responsibility as we go is to listen, to seek to hear the other person. And the more they speak, the more we learn. And sometimes to be heard is all that we are seeking as we go in this world. And so be quick to listen and slow to speak. Because that's what we'd want for ourselves, right? For others to try their best to hear us, to be quick to listen to us and slow to speak, slow to weigh in, give their own thoughts and opinions, but instead to take the time to really try to understand and hear us. And James is saying, yes, we all want to be heard. We all want to be understood. And so try to treat others at least as well as you would want to be treated. And so listening speaks a powerful message that desperately needs to be spoken in our world, that every human has inherent sacred worth, is worthy of being heard, and listening is how we speak that message back into our world. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. And when you finally do speak, (laughs) when you're late and you wait and you speak, what should we say? I think over and over the witness of our faith tradition is that what should come out of our mouth more often than anything else, is simply seeking to understand each other, to ask questions, curiosity, interest. That was the way that Jesus moved and navigated in this world. Because you can learn a lot from seeking to understand someone else's perspective. You can oftentimes get to the real reasons behind the surface of a conflict. So often, so many of our arguments simply come from that inner desire to be heard, And our arguments come from our side, from the hasty misunderstandings that we take toward the other. But the more we listen, the slower we go, the more we understand, and the less angry we are. And often the anger of the other is diffused by someone who's really trying to listen and understand where they're coming from. So a uh, um, good friend of us here, Dr. Andy Stoker, uh, pastor from Dallas, was here last week talking about interacting with religious people that he encounters uh, that he disagrees with. <laughs> and he says that whenever he encounters someone that he you know, vehemently disagrees with, rather than speaking quickly or arguing or asserting his rightness, he chooses instead just to be very curious about their perspective. He says things like, wow, that is a very interesting perspective on the Bible and science and dinosaurs. You know, fascinating. Will you tell me how you came to that understanding? And that 
process of listening and learning and seeking to understand, he learns so much about where people are coming from it that so often the presenting issue is not what's going on behind the scenes. And the speaker oftentimes in articulating this and being heard gains clarity about their own assumptions. It makes us better able to help when the right time comes, better able to speak the right word when we enter slowly into those conversations. But I also find that as I'm curious in this world, that what happens so often is an opportunity for creativity that arises as we go. So Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, author, you may have heard of uh, Eat, Pray, Love, um, Sleep, Pray, Love is kind of how I like to do it. Um, She says, creativity is born when we choose curiosity over fear. When we choose to try to understand, when we try to better understand the dynamics of the other, we try to understand the raw material of where they're coming from, we can have better vision to create something life-giving and beautiful. And that's the skill of wisdom that listening brings. So maybe there's someone that you disagree with politically. Rather than lashing out, open up, seek to understand and listen. Maybe it's someone of a different faith perspective than you, and rather than making assumptions, seek to learn. And when you do that, along the way, you might learn something. And if the time ever comes to speak, you'll understand a lot better the words that need to be spoken. But most of all, I think in that listening, you'll learn to love your neighbor a little better when you understand them better. This is where I think the wisdom of James brings us to the heart of this issue and adds another layer to this call to listen. See, so far this talk about listening and to each other and being slow to speak, it could just simply be like a good practical self-help book that you find on the shelf. Be like Mr. Rogers, 20 ways to be quick to listen and slow to speak and always warm in sweater weather. Um, but, Mr. but James adds another layer to this story, a bigger perspective for us to understand, a divine perspective on our listening. He says in James 19 uh, through 20, he says, you know, dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. The righteousness, which sounds like a very churchy word, but it simply means the rightness that God seeks. See, so often we're seeking our own rightness in our conversations, aren't we? We go through life concerned about our rightness, about being right, and that's what our speaking is about. Being right, asserting our rights, winning the fight. But that's not the rightness that God wants for us. Because when you win an argument, like a heated argument, do you really win anything? Sometimes we lose something when we win those kinds of arguments, don't we? When we're about our own rightness, that's not the rightness that God wants for us. We want to be right against each other. (laughs) But what God cares about is us being right with each other. And sometimes being right, having to be right, drives a wedge right between us and the people that we care about the most. And the God kind of righteousness that reflects in our souls, that comes from being slow to speak and quick to listen, is not about seeking to be right, but seeking to be right with each other. And that comes through listening. So Jesus did not come to be right as he journeyed through this. That would have taken his ministry on earth about 30 minutes of miracles and like some diagrams that he drew on the sand. He'd be like, water, wine, any questions, all right? Um, And it would not have taken him to the cross. 
But instead, Jesus came and laid down his rights for the sake of us, that we might be right with God, each other, and ourselves, to reconcile us to God and to each other, Paul describes this ministry as. Look, when Jesus showed up on the scene, just think about this, he showed up on the scene as a baby who could not even speak. And for 30 years of his life, he didn't speak publicly. He just listened and went about life, went through life and work and relationships and funerals and friendships, all of it. And only after 30 years did he begin to step out and speak publicly. And when he did, people were amazed because he did not speak like any religious leader that they'd ever met because he spoke like someone who understood, like someone who had listened and understood. And the people who were nothing like him liked him because they knew that he loved and understood them in a deep way. And in the end, rather than preaching a big last sermon for the grand finale, in silence he washed the feet of all his disciples because he understood that, what, that that is what we need to hear. More than being right, that we need to be right with each other, with God, and with ourselves. And it's the way of listening that leads us on the way of Christ and the way of wisdom. And it's much slower. It's slower than speaking, but it's the way that transforms everything. And it's the way that we're called to, the way that creates and recreates life, that chooses curiosity over fear and makes something creative happen, that puts aside self-interest to be interested in the sacred worth of the other. It's the way of wisdom that listening leads us down. So back to Mr. Rogers, uh, because that's what you came to hear today, right? Um, I brought my grandfather's cardigan that I'm proud to have. Um, I thought I'd do a costume change at this point, uh, because Mr. Rogers did. He listened to the world, and as he went through uh, life, he wanted his, his episodes to be timeless. And as he went back and watched some of the old ones, he saw that he was using gender pronouns um, in a very he-focused kind of way, uh, or making assumptions about women's roles that were just contextual. And so he would actually go back to those old episodes and put on the cardigan that he wore and refilm those scenes because he listened, and he wanted to speak truth. So listening is what brought him profound friendships, and a profound friendship with someone named Francois Clemens. Uh, The year that Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood began, 1968, Fred Rogers heard Francois Clemens singing in church one day, and so he began to talk with him about appearing on this new show that was starting. Uh, And as they talked, Mr. Rogers said that he would like Clemens to play the neighborhood police officer. But Clemens had concerns, um, and Fred listened to them. See, it was 1968. It was a very difficult time in our nation's history. Martin Luther King had been assassinated. Robert Kennedy had been assassinated. There were nationwide racial violence that had claimed hundreds of lives across our city. It was a tumultuous time, and Clemens was in Harlem, and the relationship between the African-American community and the police there was challenging. Mr. Rogers listened and heard him, and after their conversations together, Fred slowly and simply said, you can become one of the helpers. Help make it different, Francois. And so Fred Rogers, in this fraught and fearful world, as he listened to others, to the world, to himself, he tried to see what he could do to help. 
and invited Francois into that as well. And so Francois became the first regular African-American character on a kid's show, Officer Clemens, and would remain for 25 years on this show. But the story of their relationship does not end with that invitation. The next year, 1969, Clemens and Rogers performed a beautiful, remarkable, simple scene. It was a hot summer day in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, and, uh, and Mr. Rogers was soaking his feet in a little pool. And as Officer Clemens came walking by, Mr. Rogers invited his neighbor to come put his feet in the pool and cool off together. It was beautiful. It was transgressive. It was perfect. Mr. Rogers and Mr. Clements showing us in a small way how to be right with each other. But it wasn't small, because Mr. Rogers was listening to the world around him. He was listening to Mr. Clemens. He was listening to what he saw in his neighbors. Mr. Clemens didn't know. Mr. Rogers never said anything specifically about this. But this episode happened to air on the month anniversary, the fifth anniversary of what was called the Wade-In, when in 1964, black and white youths in solidarity nationwide had gone swimming together in public segregated beaches and hotel swimming pools, uh, to which they were greeted by owners that forced them out, by police dragging them to jail, even someone, who, uh, owner of a hotel, who poured muriatic acid into the water to drive them out of the pool. They were fine. <laughs> There's a lot of water in a pool. Um, racists aren't really good at science. I'll just say that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but Mr. Rogers was listening. Um, he was listening to the African-American experience. He was listening to people like Francois. He was listening to the world. He was willing um, to open himself up and think about his position and his privilege and the opportunity that he had. And he chose creativity over fear. Not how he could speak, but how he could help and create something beautiful. So what did Mr. Rogers say? The purpose of life is to listen to yourself, your neighbor, to your world, and to God. And when we listen to each other, that's really what we are listening for. We're listening for the reflection, the echo of God, isn't it? So when we hear that reflection from God, when the time comes to respond in as helpful a way as we can from within and without. And so here they were, five years later, white skin, black skin, in the pool together, as it should be. So Francois sang a song that Mr. Rogers invited him to sing, said, there are many ways to say I love you. And Fred Rogers just listened. And when Francois got out of the pool, Rogers took a towel and he dried his feet. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) There are many ways to say I love you, aren't there? So Mr. Rogers wasn't trying to make some quick statement to be right. He was trying to show us how to be right with each other, how to listen, to seek to understand how to be reconciled. It's the wisdom of God, the righteousness of God, the voice of God that we can hear in each other if we just stop, slow down, open up, and listen. It's the way of Christ. Ready to listen, slow to speak, seeking the rightness of God and neighbor and ourselves. So from the beginning, they were friends, um, Francois and Fred, because Fred listened, I think. 
They were really close. They spent holidays together with their families, Christmas and Thanksgiving. Francois said, I found a friend for life in Fred Rogers. Francois trusted him and he felt understood, which was important um, for him because Francois was also gay. And in the 70s, Fred Rogers was one of the few people that he came out to in this Presbyterian minister in a cardigan sweater. was quick to listen, quick to love. And so Francois, for 25 years, was Officer Clemens, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. It's beautiful, but even more, it's transformative, I think. Because after all the listening that Fred did, when it came time for Mr. Rogers to speak slowly but clearly, because he listened, I think, Francois could hear him. Francois himself was ready to listen. So Clemens tells a story about later on in their journey. He says, I'll never forget this one day. I was watching him film a session. And you know how at the end of the program, he takes his sneakers off. He hangs up his sweater. And he says, you make every day special just by being you. I like you just the way you are. And Francois says, I was looking at him when he was saying that. And he walks over to where I was standing. And I said, Fred, are you talking to me? And Mr. Rogers said, yes. I've been talking to you for years. But you heard me today. Francois says, it was like telling me I'm okay as a human being. That was one of the most meaningful experiences I'd ever had. When we are quick to listen, slow to speak. What we speak into the world by our posture, by our words, by our presence is transformative. It is a meaningful message of dignity and love. And we speak it first by listening. And when the time comes, by helping. And when we speak that, it will be heard. So open, children of God, listen Listen to your spouse, your partner, your kids. Listen to your friends. Listen to the servers at your restaurant. Listen. Listen to black lives and brown lives, to women and to men, to gay and straight and trans and young and old and rich and poor. And listen to yourself and through it all, be listening for God. When the time comes, choose to be helpful. Choose curiosity and creativity over fear. Not seeking to be understood, but to understand. Not to be right alone, but to be right with each other. As ministers of reconciliation between God and humanity and us together. That's the way of love. That's the way of wisdom. That's the way of Christ. Ready to listen slow to speak, seeking to understand in love. In the words of Officer Clemens, there are many ways to say, I love you. And listening, I think, is the first and the most important. Let's be people who listen. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Gracious God, who listens to us, who hears us, who sees us, who knows us deeply.
that we can just rest in the fact that we are known and heard by you. God, and that's enough sometimes just to know you hear us. God, thank you for seeking to understand us even when we can't understand ourselves sometimes. God, but it's because of how you love us that you call us to go into the world and love in that same way and to help us to seek to understand, to seek to listen, to seek to hear our neighbors. And in that, may we hear you in their reflection. We pray this in your name. Amen.